This episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast is brought to you by Distilled Experiences, a local Kentucky tour group where you can find your experience at distilledexperiences.com and use the promo code MYBOURBONPODCAST for 15% off any public tours. One more time, it is distilledexperiences.com. Any public tours, you get 15% off with the code MYBOURBONPODCAST. Let's start the show! Welcome to this week's episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. It's the first time in this year and this decade that Curtis and Swan are sitting down with me, and I've missed them. Hello, guys. Hello. What's up? Hi, buddies. Where's the the sun and the 80-degree weather that I was having? Oh, uh, yeah. Mr. I travel. Mr. I went to Hawaii, <laughs> and it was beautiful and perfect, and you stayed on the big island, which I now know is called Hawaii, because <laughs> I'm an idiot, and I didn't realize that was what it was actually called. Yeah. Where's the ocean, too? Um, About 300 miles that way. Okay, gotcha. Wait. I don't know. I'm not good with directions. Doesn't matter. Swan, you're the bird of the group. Nobody saw you pointing anyway, so you could have <laughs> just said that way and gotten away with it. Yeah, and I don't know directions. Don't birds have that weird like magnetic thing that just pulls them down to like well, you, south or didn't whatever? Didn't you fly south for the winter? No, I'm still here. How am I doing the podcast? I thought you came back just for this. Well, I mean, that's true. I did get up to like 60 degrees <laughs> at, you know, for Christmas, and now we're back down to 20. Ta-da! Hooray! Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we're back into our, our regular episodes, finally. It's been kind of a, a a weird gray area of, like, what's going on with the podcast over the past few weeks. And everybody always says, you know that period between Christmas and New Year's where you're not really sure what day it is or what to do? And, like, mm-hmm. that's been basically the beginning of December until right now <laughs> for me. And I think I'm, I'm happy to finally have you guys back in and back on track and... Uh, it's gonna be a really cool year of episodes, uh, and we've we've got some really exciting things uh, in the works. And I won't spoil anything for you right now, but just stay tuned for it. Is all I'm gonna say. Should we start with flying blind? Yeah, let's do it. I didn't finish my Elijah Craig from the pregame chats, <laughs> which, uh, by the way, um, if you are not yet, every week uh, for Patreon. Um, if you're not a patron is what I was trying to say, um, you get what we are calling the pregame chats, uh, where we record about 20 to 30 minutes before we start doing the main episode, get warmed up and everything. Uh, this week we talked about something that ties into one of our uh, later topics, uh, in this episode. Uh, so patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast is where you can go and find those, uh, at the $5 tier. You guys gave very disconcerting looks about this flying blind. I'm excited. This, oh, oh yeah. okay. It was a good face. Well, yeah. A, yeah, it was a good face for me, too. I'm confused, but excited. <laughs> As with most experiences in my life. Confused. That's the swan motto, I feel like. Have you ever taken vanilla beans and shoved them directly into your nostrils? <laughs> because I feel like I just did. Can't say I have, my friend. See, I think what has happened is I've taken vanilla beans and roses with like rose water mm. mixed it all up and then shoved it in my nose yeah and that's what i mean can this be the next graders ice cream flavor because oh. it smells delicious yeah i think it tastes even it better. does i've already tried it oh man 
this was a um, this was a surprise Christmas gift to me, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. This has um, got to be dusty. It is dusty. Yeah, it is very dusty. Do you just want to know what it is? Uh, yeah, no, okay. let's, get, let's talk about it. No, you want to we'll, talk about it? A yeah, bit I want to talk about it. Okay, a sure. Bit. What are you experiencing? Then? What am I experiencing? By the way, uh, we talked about this again on the pregame chats. Swan and I are a little bit stuffed up, but it's fine. Now that I've shoved vanilla bean in my nose, I can smell everything. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, getting like a vanilla buttercream kind of. Yeah, buttercream is a yeah. great way of putting it. That's that's it. I think that's it. Like not even it's like real buttercream too. It's not like the uh-huh. crappy ones in the little tub that come in that I eat like ice cream. Yeah. Uh, no. It's like real buttercream. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I had this the other night, and while it was still good, I had a slightly adverse reaction to it, and I don't know what it was, but there was some kind of like tobacco note on the nose that I wasn't picking up, hmm. or that I'm not picking up now, but I was picking up then, and it wasn't like cigar tobacco, it was like cigarette tobacco, and I was like, <laughs> but happy to say that it's not there anymore. This does seem like one of those things that if you had, and you need one pour of this. I feel like if you had too much of it, yeah. it would almost be. You get lead poisoning. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there's a hint right there. Yeah. Came from a decanter. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I just I feel like it would be you. Know, you just kind of lose respect for it a little bit because there's so much going on. Well, it was from a decanter. It is dusty. This was sent to me by Santa Cletus. <laughs> Yes. Ah, oh, yes. Everybody knows Santa Cletus. Yeah, Santa Cletus. Oh, it's, Santa Cletus. It's a 1970 Jim Beam decanter. Uh, it's Germany. Uh, hundred year, hundred years old. Jeez, hundred month old, eighty six proof. Um, do you know why he sent me the Germany one? No. Because Ritter is German for night. Wow. Oh. Did you know that? I did know that. That's cool. Yeah. So, really cool. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for uh, sending this my way. Um, I'll be savoring this for a long time, Yeah, I would say. Um, it's so good, man. Mm-hmm. I, I just love these dusty beams. I think that they're always phenomenal. I've not had a bad one yet. No. Mm-hmm. I wish my last name was something cool. It just means multiple of things. So just extra more of something. <laughs> Is that it? I don't know what else it could stand for. You Only can take, there were a way for us to find out. I think they added an O at one point, because like, you just had M-O-R-E for the last name. Uh, um, I don't know what Conrad means. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't think it has a meaning. This is not good bourbon podcast content. We'll talk no. about this off air. <laughs> I want to be a knight. I want to get knighted. <laughs> With a barrel stave or something? Uh, that's the way to go, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was Flying Blind. Guys, what have you been drinking recently? Maker's Mark. You drank a whole 375 of it. Well, you didn't have to tell them how much, but yes, I did. I, <laughs> I had a... That was a direct result of the new job you started, so... Just needed to relax a little, you know? Uh, no, I just had a good just amount of Maker's Mark. to black Mark. out a little. <laughs> You're blacking out on a 375? <laughs> Uh, of a no. 90 proof weeder? No, I had enough uh, breadsticks to soak that up a little bit. But, yeah, no, it was good. Honestly, I was kind of surprised. Like, I've never been a big fan of Maker's Mark, but when I uh, 
the the first little bit that I had, I actually just sipped on it a little bit to kind of get acclimated to it. It's a little aggressive for the proof, uh, and, and for a weeder, but honestly, if you can get past that aggression, it's it's kind of solid. It's it's not bad at all. I do see why a lot of people say that's the thing to cut with Coke because it's it really mellows it out. Gotcha. Um, but it, it's not bad at all. Um, I did try doing a Maker's Mark and Coke with it as well, just to see how that went, and I liked it a lot better than just the. Jimmy White Label people usually mix with Coke, so I haven't yeah. had a I haven't had a bourbon and Coke in forever. Well, it was a bourbon and Coke Zero, so it wasn't real, but you know it was <laughs> not bad. I like Coke Zero. It's not bad. It does taste more like the original than I think Diet Coke does. Uh, yeah, see, I don't like the taste of Diet Coke. It's either regular Coke or Coke Zero, mm-hmm. or uh, the Coke from Coca Cola from Mexico. That stuff's real, good. They mm-hmm. use real sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that stuff's the bomb. Mine's either Coke. Or water. I don't drink a whole lot of soft drinks. I don't like Diet Coke. Diet Coke's gross. <laughs> You're just going right for the jugular there. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's that good either. Yeah. Either way, uh, I've been drinking JW Dant and uh, TW Samuels. <laughs> yeah, because you went, you went hunting. I went hunting a little bit yesterday. And I'll let you tell us. About what? About your hunting experience. Oh, yeah. So uh, we went down to Richmond, and uh, we just were going all all over the place to small places to seedy places that you don't want to be, you know. <laughs> uh, Names of stores that we will retract from. Yeah, I don't even remember them to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. So we went to one, and just to set the environment, you walk in, it's just like there's a solid twenty. 80 year olds that are just smoking <laughs> still smoking in the in the little liquor store and then like they had i kid you in the liquor yeah store. i kid you not they have like bottles of old scotch from who knows how long yeah. and then on the shelf you see weller 12 year <laughs> and you sit there and you go oh but then you look at it and you're like hey this is 130 dollars and I... Uh, and i said I'm all right. I mean, honestly, not bad. No, no like yeah. I, that's cheaper than what you get it for on secondary. Yeah, exactly. I mean, secondary is what, like 150, 175, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely up there. So, yeah. I mean, like day. if you're if you're looking for, and yes, it's a tad ridiculous, but yeah. at no, the same it's time, not as bad as. It was just funny. Yeah, uh, we walked in. She was like, "Can I see your IDs?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. Because I'm sure we're not the crowd that's supposed to be in there either, and uh, <laughs> or not the usual crowd. Then uh, we went to another one and went went and looked on the shelf. There's nothing. There's absolutely there's like four bottles on the shelf, and we walked past, and the guy goes, "Can I help you find anything?" And I said, "Ah, oh, you know, we're just hunting bourbon. You know, just wanted to see what you guys had." And hmm. he goes, "Well, I got." Some- I got some stag junior if you want some of that. And I said, how much do you want for it? And he said, a hundred dollars, but we'll do it with no tax. So like we won't, <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm close to a buy at that price with no tax. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would, I would strongly consider it. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I just wasn't, I was looking to spend like 30 bucks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So I knew, like, I wasn't going to be buying any yeah, of this stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
I'm I'm at a point where yes, it's cool to like go and hunt for stuff like that, but I'd rather have or I'd rather hunt for like store picks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like or some older bottles. Yeah, that you can exactly, find. Yeah. exactly. And you know that kind of stuff happens every now and then yeah. um, that you you run across it. But for the most part, you know, I've had a few of those stores. One of which closed down, so I can disclose it now. Oh yeah. Yeah, but there was there was a store attached to a gas station, kind of. You've talked about this one I'm with a just no times. sign on it at all. That store closed down. Completely closed. Really? Yeah. And or at least they've not had a bourbon delivery in like three months. Oh oh oh, that one. We, yeah, we've talked about that one. Yeah. It's it's in between uh, Frankfurt and Owenton. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> you walk in and there's no one behind the counter and there's usually like four people and a dog in the back just playing <laughs> pool. The dog was playing pool. Yeah. It's great. He was so good too. Knew his angles. It was fantastic. Um, Seven ball corner pocket. <laughs> called his shots like a pro. Um yeah, but you walk in and it's just like old granddad, just older label, but not really anything special. The eighty proof, and then they have like Voyage Three, uh, yeah, Jeffersons right. on the shelf, and there wasn't ever anything super great in there. And then I walked in one time, and I kid you not, they had handles, they had seven fifties of Weller, um, they had like six bottles of Weller one hundred and seven, like three or four bottles of Stag Junior. They had Blantons on e. the shelf. Taylor Small Batch. Yeah, Taylor Small Batch, all for retail. And the Stag Junior that they had up there were like four different batches. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, what, what What happened? He said, well, we just had them in the back, and we figured we'd go ahead and put them out. How long have they been back there? Yeah. That was one of the best days ever when you told me that that store existed. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, a, it was like an off day of work for me or something. And I was like, well, I'm going to go drive up and see how much is left. I mean, they still had like half a case of Taylor left. They still had handles of Weller. And they had, and I still kind of feel bad about this. Oh, the Elijah Craig 12? It's all good. Now that picks are coming out, I'm fine. Well, sure, yeah. But it it was a rear-age stated Elijah Craig 12-year, which Swan picked up and looked at and said, not age stated. And I picked up and looked at the same exact bottle. And it was age state. So I nabbed it. Okay. But that was the same bottle that the uh, the lid separated from the cork on my live stream. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Karma. Yeah. And uh, they also had like a handle of bourbon deluxe. Remember yeah, that? I got that bottle. Yeah. It's, it's behind my bar. My favorite is, is they put the price on that thing. They just wrote in it's, Sharpie it's on the front on label. It. Yeah, it was like $17 yeah. or something like that. That was Which it. Is pretty fantastic. I don't know. That's the little store was strange, but they stopped getting stuff in. And when they did get stuff in, it was just I don't know why they decided to order it. It was like some rep came <laughs> in and just really swindled them, and they yeah. just put it on the shelf. Huh. But yeah, our the experience was fun. We just were. I love bourbon. We hunting. were bored, and we were just like, sure. All right, let's go. I haven't gone hunting in a long time. Yeah, I just haven't had the time for it, but. I I was texting you about it yesterday, and I was like, "That sounds kind of nice." Yeah, I might have to go do that this week. Yeah. So I might I might take a trip down to Richmond and see a couple friends and yeah, exactly. Do that. Anything else you've been drinking? Uh, nope, that's been about it. So for whatever reason, for me, it's kind of been four roses heavy, and maybe it's because we're uh, now drinking what was my uh, number one of 2019, which is the four roses small batch select. Um, 
But I, I picked up a bottle of that the other day. And um, I also... So the, the Merrick Inn is a local inn <laughs> and restaurant here in Lexington. Kurt, you used to live over right near there. Yep. Um, and they have done two picks of Four Roses that have been uh, 9-11 commemorative bottles. Uh, this one was picked on uh, 9-11-2019. And it just so happened to be my favorite Four Roses recipe, which is OBSO. I've never owned a bottle of OBSO. I've only ever had it in different situations. Like Iverson came over and had it with me one time and like I'd always get it at OBC when I'd go there and everything. But this is the first bottle of it that I've ever had. Mm. And it's halfway gone Um, (laughs) because it's really, really good. Uh, It's 10 years, 11 months, uh, 59.3%, which is what like, one oh, is that one eighteen point six? Come here, calculator. Let's figure this out. <laughs> Bourbon and math do not mix. Um, but yeah, OBSO has long been my favorite. One eighteen point six. All right. Um, long been my favorite recipe of of Four Roses, and it's really hard to find because they use it so much for blending. Like, um, I think it goes into the small batch. It also goes into the brown label which used to be the yellow label. Um, but they, they just need it so much that it's not always found in a, in single barrel form. And so having it is kind of special. I'm really happy to have this bad boy around. Um, as I look over my plethora of bottles that are sitting around <laughs> on my floor, as I normally do. Um, oh, I'll tell you one. This isn't something I've been drinking, but something that I picked up recently. And I saw it on um, a website where you can buy bourbon um, at secondary prices. Uh, We won't talk about that on air. Uh, But it was was just an airplane bottle. I talked to you guys about this before the show. Of the first release of Knob Creek Small Batch, which I didn't know existed. Uh, in this form, but it was from 1993, which is my birth year. And so I was like, I got to get this bottle. And I mean, it's not a whole lot, but I mean, it's something special to open, you know, on my birthday this year. So figured, why why the heck not do that? And it was at a really good price, too. So I had to jump on it. Swan, you look like... Oh, no, I'm good. I'm just invested. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing, too... Is that the one that I open and drink? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one is what might be the best 1792 foolproof I've ever had. Wow. Um, Interested. I, it, <laughs> I've got a bottle on the way. I just have a sample right now. I have something for you next week, too, while we record. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Um, it's from the Speakeasy Wisconsin... Uh, our friends Troy and Jeff run that um, over on Facebook, and it's called Scott's Holy Grail. Hmm. It's amazing. I mean, I I it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, like I I taste. I took one sip of it, and I messaged Troy, and I said, 
I need this. <laughs> yeah. I need th- I was like, this is one of the best store picks I've ever had. Um, so I'm excited to have a full bottle of it. Coming. No doubt. And uh, you can you can have some of that if you want. Oh, you know what you have you guys haven't had the 1792 12 year yet. Have not. No, no yeah. Well, lucky for you, it's basically within arm's reach if I stand up. I see that. His arms are huge. <laughs> I've got a bourbon from Honolulu that's finished in rum oh, casks. No, what? That's very cool. Yeah, we'll bring that next week. What? I've got a bourbon from Honolulu that's No, I heard you. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. I'll bring it next week. It's a little there's sample a, bottle. There's a Honolulu bourbon? Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I'll bring it's it in. there. Okay. It's just a <laughs> yeah, little... Right. I've got probably about that much. <laughs> Fair enough. As long as you're willing to share it on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> if you didn't know, Kurt just got back from Hawaii. True. He, Facts. went to Hawaii? And it's the large... It's the large... It's the large island. island. It's the big one. I I learned something. Yeah. You know, for people who say this podcast doesn't teach people anything, it taught me something. I know. We're putting this podcast in the educational category after this. I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. Really yeah. seriously. Well, that's what we've been drinking the record, recently. It, they do call it the Big Island of, of Hawaii. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to. I need. We should have gotten a T-shirt while you were there <laughs> that said that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what we've been drinking recently. Shall we move on to some news? Hit me. Okay. So the the biggest bit of news um, that came out. Over the uh, over the past few days, um, and this actually ties into a listener question. This is from Eric. Uh, nope, not Eric Smith. This is from Ryan Jeeves. He said thoughts on MGP's stock losing twenty five percent on not meeting their expectations. What expectations are they not meeting? I believe that they weren't selling as much product as they were hoping to, based on their investment. If that makes sense. Um, you think? S- go ahead. Do you think that's like a product of people taking the Bardstown Bourbon Company approach, where they are blending their own product, even at a younger age, at, at like six months, in with older source product, just to cut out maybe getting all of their barrels from somebody like MGP? Um, potentially, but at the, I don't know. I think that, yeah, there is possibility in that, you know, people are either starting to move towards um, more locally sourced or they have their own distillate. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, MGP has their own labels out. um, And, I mean, people are still going there to to purchase product for their their own label. I don't know. It's... It's kind of a weird, it's a weird situation for them to be in, right? Like, it seems like most of it is based on, most of the the concern is based on their their stock market price or the value of their stock, right? So, in, in terms of money making, and if we're looking at something that could be a sign of the bourbon boom ending. This could kind of be it. 
or at least maybe the first few steps, you know, if, if people are not buying as much product as they once were, I mean, that's kind of an indication that the tide is shifting in the market. Yeah, I mean, that's that's possible. I do know that a lot of the stuff that I've seen sourced recently from MGP, when they do get it in through a smaller distiller and they put it out by themselves, the prices on it are exponential. So maybe they just don't oh, need yeah. to sell as much. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I can buy two barrels and sell it for the same price as I could move five barrels, why would I buy five? Absolutely. You know? Um, not saying that's great for the consumer because I'm looking at stuff like, you know, Blom Brothers and it's, you know, price is ridiculous on it, even if it's good, but it's pricey. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to jump on that bottle if I see it. Mm-mm. Um, but somebody's going to buy it. It's not going to sit there. And if they only have to move two barrels then why move, why move five? Yeah. You know? Sure. I don't know. I, I really do think that it's maybe, maybe not necessarily a sign of the end of the bourbon boom i think it's just more of a sign of people either having their own distillate or moving towards like we said the bardstown bourbon company approach where it's a more locally known group of folks locally locally owned business you know i mean when you think about how much bourbon comes out of kentucky you know, 95% of the world's bourbon comes out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it just I kind think- of makes sense that people are looking more inward than they are across state lines. I, I could see it being a sign of maybe a slowing down, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's the end of anything by... No, no, no. I'm not saying that it like this is it. Like this yeah, defines yeah, the... Th- this is a definite end point. No, sure. But yeah, I, I do think that... Um, you know, as the market ebbs and flows, as it is wont to do, I mean, you know, it, any market is going to see that change. Yeah. I think that, yeah, this is kind of a plateau moment. I agree. For for the bourbon industry. And that... And I, I that, also do think that it is, like you were saying, that I think there has become a, a sort of respect, a certain level of respect that it having your own distillate kind of has. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely there is. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the distilleries have had to deal with for years people saying, well, you didn't make your own product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it really shouldn't bother anyone that that's, it's coming from somewhere else, but I don't know. Maybe that's their, the reading into the reviews. You mm-hmm. said something there that made, <laughs> made the cogs in my brain start turning distilleries are coming under fire from people for saying or for not producing their own product. Yeah. They're not distilleries at that point. That's true. They're, they're basically farmland that is aging whiskey. Yeah. So what is that name? Is there a name for it at that point? I mean, bourbon farms, Whiskey farms, you know? know, I mean, unless they are actually distilling on site, can they legally be called distilleries? I guess not. But I mean, the majority of them are distilling their own product. That's just not ready. Not old enough. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, and, and, but so I'm, I'm not 
I mean, they would be called master blenders, but as far as what the actual land is called or like the company itself, blenderies, be, yeah, bl- blenderies. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea. Because I mean, Dixon's very clear on what he does. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm a blender. I'm not a distiller. Which yeah. I really appreciate the clarity on that. Because then you look at other companies like, uh, let's see, Widow Jane, that are like, oh, we're pulling mm-hmm. it out of the creek behind, you know, right behind the distillery. And you're like, well, you no, you're not. But that's MGP. <laughs> you're yeah. just not. You know, yeah. I mean, I. I appreciate the clarity. I still like the name Distillery, even if they're not doing it. No, I understand I that that's not technically correct, but I don't know what else to call it. So I don't really yeah. either. But I'm I'm curious what that name could be. You know, and maybe there's terminology for it that I'm not aware of. Barrel farms. I like it. <laughs> there's just barrels walking around like cows. Yeah. <laughs> And instead of mooing, they go bourbon. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's bad. Oh, there's the dickle yeah, cow. So He's eating so much corn again. You know, <laughs> go, go get him. I, I, anyway, I don't think that it's necessarily the, the end of all of the things, but nah. at the same time, it's... It's a change. It's there's a change. A, it's a, a change in the market of somehow. Or, right. Right. You've also just got a lot of new players in town. I mean, think about it. Barstown Bourbon Company, going back to them, not only are they blending some of their newer product into it, they're sending out a crap load of their, you know, their stuff they distilled to other people to age. They so, are doing so much contract distilling. Yeah, all that contract distilling inside of Kentucky can easily slow down a big competitor like yeah. MGP. Well, and, and I, you know, Castle and Key's doing the same thing. Yeah, you and know, I, Pinhook's own distillate is coming from Castle and Key. Yeah, and so he, yeah, I mean, th- those are two at this point fairly major players. Mm-hmm. So you can even just look at like the stuff they put out, Eight and Sand, what Remus, some of that other stuff. Maybe it's just not doing well, you know? Because I've seen Remus just sit on the shelf, but that Volstead stuff, it flew. I mean, people were you know waiting in line for bottles of that. That fourteen year they put out. But the ten year and the eight was it an eight year? I think, I think? so. It, they just sit there. But the question has to be asked: Why? Is it the age? Is it the fact that it's bottled and bond that it flew off the shelf so quickly that people are waiting for it? I mean, you know, I think it's just the limited edition mindset. I won't see it again. People just got that. Is it? I mean, that's. I what, honestly don't know. Well, like, I'm, comes I'm, to I'm not. I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm, sure I'm, I'm legitimately asking. Yeah. I could see it being more of a company, whoever's putting it out, even though it's not, you know, it's MGP, um, the company itself might not just market it well, or they might not know, you know, how to do that. I have not seen much of a presence for MGP stuff, unless I'm at a bourbon event, specifically, because the people they had at Bourbon on the Banks, phenomenal. They were great. They absolutely killed it. We said we're interested in trying one of their products, and I kid you not, they brought us one of every single thing, including the vodka, knowing full well we were a bourbon podcast. And I, most of it was pretty good. Admittedly, not my favorite stuff, but it was still pretty good. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Maybe that you're right. Maybe they just don't market it well. I mean, the bottle's okay. It's not yeah. great, but it's it's okay. It doesn't jump off the shelf. But if I'm like, yeah, 
perusing and small liquor store and that's all they've got, then I'm like, well, I'm taking this home. Mm. And that has nothing to do with MGP. So I, I could see that being where a lot of the fall off is, is, you know, they make the distillate, but they don't. Yeah. If they, they don't just, do anything after that. Yeah. If they've got so much tied up in, in that new bottling line of Remus and Eight and Sand and it's just not selling though, that could still hurt their stock. Yeah. I would be really interested to know what their output is like versus what is actually aging on site. Yeah. You know, I I have no idea what those numbers would would look like. But I am Really, really interested to find out how much are they actually distilling versus what is actually being, you know, aged in barrels at mm-hmm. their distillery or in their rick houses or whatever. We'll take an invite anytime, MGP. Have us I up. I would yeah. love That'd be cool. to do an episode at MGP. And maybe that can be something we can do for, for 2020. So we'll yeah. chat about it. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news comes from uh, the Old Forester camp. Oh, I'm excited about um, this. And this uh, also was brought to my attention by a question by our buddy of the show, Alan Cornett, uh, who does a really good podcast called Eat Kentucky, which mm-hmm. is uh, all about local eateries. His Instagram in makes me so hungry. <laughs> it really does. All the time. It really does. He's a great dude. I've had the opportunity to have lunch with him on multiple occasions, and uh, we're going to have him on the podcast at some point this year, too. Uh, but his question was, uh, any thoughts on the new changes to the Old Forester Barrel Select program? So they did something really interesting. Originally, their single barrels were at 90 proof, and they bumped it up to one of two different options. It could either be 100 proof, or it could be barrel strength. Is this good for the bourbon industry? And do you think that this is going to pave the way for other distilleries to do this type of thing? Four Roses is already doing it. It works great for them. Sure. I think they should have been doing this already. Old Forester? Yes. Yeah. Because I think they've seen a lot of people, all of us, Chad and Sarah, and many others I've talked to included, say, you know, I'm not a big Old Forester fan, but the 1920 is great. Well, what's different about the 1920? It's barrel. It's you know getting close to yeah. barrel proof. People that genuinely don't really buy into the Brown Foreman product when it gets into that barrel proof range, they like it. Mm-hmm. Why have you not been putting out more barrel proof stuff if that's the case? I don't get it. I think this is a great move. I think they should have been doing it for a while. I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I I think that they definitely made a great decision to do that. I think it's really interesting. Um, that they are kind of following that uh, that Four Roses model of having two different options for single barrels. Um, but I personally don't know if it's going to change the game for other distilleries. I think that we're always going to see Buffalo Trace store picks at 90 proof. We're always going to see Elijah Craig store picks at 94 proof. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, when you have a, a company that basically only makes one line, Right, so Old Forester just makes Old Forester. Um, Four Roses just makes Four Roses. That gives you the opportunity to do different things with how you bottle your product. But with a company like Buffalo Trace, who makes Buffalo Trace and Weller and Stag and you know so on and so forth, um, you are kind of limited to expectations 
yeah. right or to general um general consumers you also would lose that pro that certain brand profile that they have on certain of those bourbons too if they were allowed to be like hey we'll let you do you know weller at a hundred proof or something like that and you would people would it depends how many you're doing but people would probably lose that oh well weller's not that <laughs> you know or sure or switching from that or some so i could see you losing some brand as far as like brand recognition, yeah, brand yeah. recognition. Of I get that, it. but at the same time, with Forrester, I think it makes total sense. Yeah, because like it's that that's a just their one line, like you were saying. But I think that people have been calling for so long for like Wild Turkey to do a Russell's Barrel Proof single barrel. People would flip over a literally or otherwise uh, a Weller Barrel Proof single barrel um even an eagle rare barrel proof single barrel would be mm-hmm. ridiculous i i mean I, I can imagine people lining up all the way around the block if they were to find out that a store did a barrel proof select of weller yeah uh, that, i think that'd that be amazing be, that'd be so cool no as far as great but is it a possibility i think the thing is is the bourbon industry is already doing like so well. I think that's a point when if, you know, things like bourbon boom starts to start heading down, right. like right. pretty low, then you're like, hey, we're coming out with, you know, stuff like that. I think that would, you know, shoot it back up a little bit. That but. scares me, though, because I know the price on that would be ridiculous. Yes. And I think what honestly is going to start killing the bourbon industry is when Every single thing that comes out is limited edition and pricey. Right, yeah. They put another one out when it's dipping down. It'd have to be affordable, which would yeah. be, you know, if they did make it the same price, that'd be great. Um, do you know what the pricing difference is going to be on those? Like, what's the difference between the price point on the 100 proof and the barrel proof for those? Are they announced? Honestly, I have no idea. Um, but if if we're to kind of take the the Buffalo Trace model mm-hmm. and apply it to um apply it to this instance a single barrel of buffalo trace costs you around five thousand dollars right and so that's a 90 proof bourbon mm-hmm. um but uh, like a, a 107 or a foolproof pick is gonna set you back like i think twelve thousand dollars right so if if we're looking at what the price difference is going to be, uh, I mean, okay, so I, I use that example, but at the same time, you're talking about a rye mash bill bourbon versus a weeded mash bill bourbon um, and how that changes with the, the aging process and everything. But I think that that's a really good way to kind of look at how that model is going to be applied to Old Forester once they do switch over to this new single barrel program. Um, I think that we could see it jump from, I mean, just assuming that, you know, they're also a 90 proof rye mash bill bourbon. Um, we could probably see it jump from five to 75, uh, $7,500, uh, per barrel, honestly. Um, that being said, <coughs> I don't know if that totally applies to the, this notion. I think that that's kind of 
that that is speculation at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest. But I, I I could see that being a very real possibility that we could see old forester single barrel bottles jump from what are they now like thirty five forty dollars mm-hmm. to probably at a hundred proof fifty fifty or sixty and then the barrel proofs will probably get us at about seventy or seventy five. As long as it's kind of within the Four Roses pricing model, I could see it. But Which I mean, is basically in that range. Yeah. I think it'll have to be a little cheaper, though, because I've never been excited about a Old Forest single barrel at all. Well, I mean. okay, but we're, we're talking about, so to, to backpedal a little bit, um, Four Roses single barrel at 100 proof is 35 to $40. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is the possibility for Old Forester to look at that and... Um, you know, adopt that pricing model, and Four Roses barrel proof single barrels are sixty five to seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's a very real possibility that we could see that coming out of Old Forester here soon. That's true. I hope they don't look at it and think, well, Brown Foreman's got batch proof and the Woodford. You know, and that's like how much is that? That thing's pricey. Uh, it's like one twenty five, one fifty. Yeah, and if they're just like, well, we'll just knock ten dollars off. I don't think they're gonna do that. I, I really hope not. I I don't think they will because you're you're talking about a single barrel versus the Masters Collection, which is a really finely curated line of products. Be as it may that we've not been a fan of them a hundred percent of the way through, but. If you are talking about the work that has gone into it, you're talking about a store selecting a single barrel versus a master distiller or a tasting panel going in and selecting a group of barrels or a a certain expression of barrels to then release to the public, right? I mean, single barrels are all over the place, Mm -hmm. you know, so you have to be competitive with other single barrels in the market. I I think that it would be asinine for them to do anything over $75 with an old Forester barrel proof yeah. single barrel. Yeah, no, on that'd a, be honestly, ridiculous. It, yeah. it, it would just I you wouldn't I'd sell be, it. No. No, it, it wouldn't move. It no. would sit on the shelf. Yeah. Unless it's like the first I mean there, there's that thought of, you know, well the first couple of single barrels that come out those are going to fly off the shelf because people are going to be interested in it. They're going to want to know what's different from the from the uh, excuse me the ninety proof single barrel and even the one hundred proof single barrel. Yeah, people will be curious, and curiosity does drive the market in some aspects. But if you don't have a product that is going to keep consumers coming back, if you don't have that retainability, then the yeah. price is going to become ridiculous, and you're not going to ever want to shell out um, that much money. Um, but I think $75 is where they should price it mm-hmm. anymore is, you know, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I definitely want to try one before I purchase one. Though. I think so too. Same here. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just, it goes back to what you were saying. I've not really ever had an old forester single barrel that I've just been blown away by. No, I've had, I think I've had one that I've bought and I've tried another one and both of them. I got it. I was so excited. I was like, "I'm, it's <laughs> gonna be great." And then I try it, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, mistake. It was a yeah. big mistake. It was a mistake." Yeah. So, but we can him and haw over this all all the live long day. Mm-hmm. But I, at at the end of it, 
I am excited to see what comes of this. Am I necessarily excited to see these products on shelves? I don't know. But the potential for them to be really good, especially at Barrel Proof, that gets me excited. I think that's, you know, I'm a little bit more excited over it at that point. It's exciting news, but I think it's more noise than like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's just me. I could see, I could see that. I'm excited and I I would, I would want to try it and I would want to, you know, I think it's good for them and their brand and sure stuff. You know, I'd be really excited to see. It's not moving the needle by any means. No, I don't think so either. But I think what would move the needle and would make me really, really excited is to see an old Forester rye single barrel that would get me excited because i y'all know how much i loved the old forester rye that came out last year Mm -hmm. whether it's at barrel proof or at the same hundred proof either way i would love to try that product Mm. i bet it would be awesome and you know maybe they need a couple of years before they kind of consider that i mean we really don't see a lot of single barrel rye on the market um, but it would be really, be really freaking cool to see something like that come out here soon. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to be excited for that for sure. Man, a Sazerac rye single barrel. Oh, I'd be all over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All over that. Uh, that's kind of it for news. One thing to talk about, because this was brought to our attention by, uh, Listener of the show over on Facebook in our Facebook group, which bring is called, on the article. This is my bourbon group. This is another article um, because this one is the worst, and I'm not a fan of it. Uh, and we talked about its counterpart over on the pregame chats. If you want to go and listen to that, but this article comes from Gear Patrol, and it is ten of the best bourbons you can buy for less than one hundred dollars. This article almost gave me an aneurysm. <laughs> So, the first one they list is Stag Jr. Fine. Yeah. Uh, they listed at the proof, 133, price to 60, from 60 to 70. Um, 133 is a little bit off because it's not consistently like that. Um, the next one is Henry McKenna 10 year single barrel. They say that it's $99 a bottle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That is $1 under $100. Yeah. First off, it kind of defeats the purpose of this, this article. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> yeah, it does. Because like... after tax, it's going to cost you more than $100. <laughs> also, nobody's paying that money for this bottle. No. no not even close. It will sit on shelves nobody's until the cows list- come. Nobody's listing it at $99, No. <laughs> no, that's a museum price. And by that, I yeah, mean, that's right. where you walk in and they have like, oh, they have everything. And then all of it's priced ridiculously. It's a collection. I think the biggest problem that I have with this, too, is the description as to why it is worth it. Um, And it kind of plays into this hype that Henry McKinnon has gone through over the past couple of years because it did win that San Francisco World Spirits competition uh, medal. Uh, It says, if you're a whiskey fan, pray your favorite bottle doesn't win any big awards. Before it won Best in Show, uh, McKinnon 10 went for 35. Now it's good for about 99. No, it's not. You're, all that they are doing is trying to determine the market yeah, and play into the hype over it. It, it's, it makes my head spin. Next one is the Barrel Bourbon. Um, 
which I think kind of might deserve a place on this list. I, it, but if it were more of like the top 25 or the top 30, maybe even top 50 for under $100, that would be good. But yeah. at the same time, they're pricing it for $90. Yeah. <laughs> and all of those batches are so unique. I mean, yeah. if you were going to put, if you were going to do anything with that, you'd have to put batch blank. I can agree with the Stag Jr. because there's not really a batch of Stag Jr. that I'm not excited to at least own. The Barrel Bourbon, it's, you know, even when they first came out, you were like, if you see batch blank or blank, grab that. Yeah. That's the one you want. Yeah. Uh, next one is Maker's Mark Cask Strength. I can, For I a Cask Strength leader, I think that's a pretty good, yeah. pretty good option. Uh, 50 to $55. Fair enough. Blanton Single Barrel comes next. For eighty dollars, it's not eighty dollars. No, it's a sixty dollar no. bottle. Where are they getting their prices? I don't know. I don't understand it at all. Um, and again, this is another one where the description is just bizarre. Uh, it says, "Come for the collectible stopper, stay for the sexy flavor profile." Never describe my bourbon as sexy. sexy yeah. I think a bottle can be sexy. Yeah. A bottle can be beautiful. They just don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof comes next. 100% agree. Yeah. Great bourbon. Yes. Fine. Don't price. have any problem with that on one. Board. What's the price, though? Oh, uh, $65. Okay. Then why are they right on that one, but I not, don't not on the I don't ones? know. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like they, they took only allocation and then secondary into account. And then they added the two and divided by two. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No. It's so bizarre. Whatever. Um, this one's really funny. Booker's, I totally agree with, but they used the image of the Booker's 30th bottle <laughs> <laughs> for the website. Like, what? Uh, Did someone just Google Booker's and said, oh, that's a cool bottle? I don't know. Noah's Mill is next. Fine. Good bourbon. Uh, Don't know if it deserves a top, top 10, ten list. Not top Sixty 10 bucks. Me. That's off by about fifteen, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <sighs> Weller twelve year is the next one on this list. How much they got to list it for? One hundred plus. You literally <laughs> made an article saying under a hundred dollars. <laughs> I think this is the one that just made me want to throw my computer out the window. Also, it's not $100. <laughs> it's not $100. First off. But also, you broke your own rule. <laughs> Swan's rubbing his head. <laughs> like he's getting a migraine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. <sighs> like, would I put that on the list? Sure. sure. Would I make sure to specify highly allocated supposed to be about fifty dollars that, max that's the other thing too, sure is like so many of these products are allocated mm -hmm. so many of them yeah. so don't say something like the 10 best bourbons that you can buy can buy yes you can buy them yeah the potential is there however it's tiny it's exactly so small <laughs> you don't factor in the the allocation you might have to wait in line you know whether or not Stores are holding it back for, you know, return yeah. customers, whatever. It, it's just, it's just absurd. Um, last one is the Four Roses Single Barrel Cast Strength. This is not widely available. It is oh. a single barrel product. 
that not all stores are going to get. No, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen one when I grew up in Frankfurt. I don't think I ever saw one in Frankfurt. Yeah. When I got to Lexington, you see them sparingly. And generally, when you do see them, it's, you know, it's like eight years-ish. People go Mm -hmm. nuts for the 10-year plus, but they're hard to find. Yeah. Especially in a recipe you want, as Perry's noted. I'm all worked up now. I'm all mad. (laughs) I think that it would be interesting, but it also would kind of get lost a little bit for us to go, what are our 10 best that you can buy under that price? Right? Yeah. But at the same time, I think others have said it best. Like, we don't necessarily have to echo that. I would encourage people to go watch Bourbon Blinds episode on YouTube where uh, Kyle does talk about what some of the best bourbons you can get that aren't pappy are. Um, And I feel like that would kind of be uh, an avenue that we would go down, but at the same time, you know, we would lean heavily on what our common drinkers are, our daily drinkers, and, you know, it... I just would... I mean, just recommend go go pick some bottles up. You haven't, like, I don't know. There's I, something I, yeah. about a journey and an experience. I understand having a f- starting point and, like, not, you know, actually having where you want to, being guided. And I think that's what, you know, we try to do and stuff like that. But everyone yeah. has such a profile that's different and a different, they, they like different palettes. So, and I think it is, you know, we, we've, We've been saying it over the past two years that we've been doing the show. You're not going to know what you like until you try it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you you have to try new things to learn what it is that you like and don't like. Yeah. You know, if if you you don't like Turkey 101, Curtis. No. Yeah. But And it ch- it'll change throughout. Yeah, too. exactly. But like, but I do. It's one of my favorites, you know, and that that's just part of it. You can't expect everybody to like or dislike what how what what it is that you feel. Yeah. You know? So it it just lists are dumb. Lists are dumb. <laughs> and subjective. I'm just I'm still mad at it. It's just dumb. And and it's it it's I think it's the Weller 12 that really set us off. I want to take the person that wrote this article. I want to give them how many did they list? Ten there. So ten, let's yeah. let's give them a thousand dollars and just say you've got a thousand dollars. I want you to find all ten of these bottles of bourbon <laughs> today, and they have to be at a liquor store. You can't go online or order them. Go. I want to see if they can get it done in a day. Did they have well, they the couldn't. full like twenty four hours to do it? Sure, I'll give them twenty four hours. Where are you going to find Weller twelve in twenty four hours for? <sighs> and I want them to find it for the price listed actually for each one of those. That's even like... Well, they would go over. But that's fine. Give them some leeway. But they're not going to find all of those in one day. You can't. You just can't find those and buy them. No. I do know where you can find a Weller 12, though. <laughs> over with it. Well, it's 100 plus. They it's put the okay. plus put on the there. Plus. They so put the plus. So I guess they weren't that wrong in that case. But at the same time, they're still very wrong. <laughs> yeah, go find Blanton's just hanging out. Most bl- It's just not going to happen. Plus. I don't know. That's frustrating, and I don't like it, Perry. We had a much more visceral reaction to this one than we did the the one we talked about in the pregame chats. If they would have just put best bourbons to try under a hundred dollars, 
to try. To try is exactly how they should have been phrased. I would have been fine. I would have been totally cool with it, except for the Weller 12 thing where they broke their own rule that they've set. <laughs> they, they were the creator of this content. They, are, they choose the rules. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I've got so much tension stupid. in the back of my neck from this. Lists are stupid. And for the best transition in the history of ever, what are you guys looking forward to in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be kind of the core of our uh, our conversation here tonight before we get to um, our our review, which is going to be the latest uh, Stag Jr. batch release. Yeah, release. That's what I'm looking for. Do, you, do we want to go kind of uh, buy some of these releases? Do we want to start with that and then kind of talk about, you know, some experiences or whatever that we're kind of looking forward to? Sure, yeah. I mean, so Any, what are the big releases this year? Um, Of course, you know, Booker's is going to be coming out. I think the biggest new one, uh, at least in the first month. By the way, um, I'm pulling uh, most of this release calendar, all of this release calendar, really, from BreakingBourbon.com, friends of the show. Go check them out. Um, anyway, the, the first big release, I think is going to be the Larceny Barrel Proof. Yeah. Which we've not yet reviewed, um, but we have. And we will talk about some point here in the near future. Uh, but this is the first batch barrel-proof Larceny that's come out from Heaven Hill. It's a weeded bourbon. Um, it's going to follow the same model as Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. I think that it's something to get excited about and to look forward to, you know, it, it, especially since... You know, they, they've not been wildly or, or overly consistent or fantastic in, in recent years with Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. But I think that there is room for consistency with uh, these Larceny Barrel Proofs. And, you know, I love Larceny. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Woodford just came out with their newest release of the Double Double Oaked. Um, have we actually had that on the show? Yeah, we... No, well, actually not on the show. I think we had it after one of the shows, but it's just kind of, uh, it's almost meaty, you know? Yeah. It's just really savory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good. I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, it's like smoked meats. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, the new Old Charter Oak is going to come out in February. Uh, this is exciting. Wilderness Trail is expanding, uh, the states that they're releasing in. Uh, to Good. California, Super Washington, cool. Nevada, and Texas. You're welcome, Clifton. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for them to expand just because I think and going back to the Four Roses model, they're another one that follows that. They yeah. do a barrel proof and then a hundred proof that they put out regularly, and I think you can choose which one you'd like in the pick. Their picks have been phenomenal. Yes, they have. They have been absolutely phenomenal, and I am starting to lean heavily towards the rye mash bill bourbon as opposed to the weeded, which I didn't think was going to happen. Um, but they're great. The rye picks are amazing as well. I mean, it's, I look forward to any one that I can try. Yeah. And now everyone's going to get to try it. Yes, well, they are. select states will get to try it. More people are going to get to try it than were able to before. Yes. How about this one? Sticking within Wilderness Trail. They've got a six-year bourbon coming out in April. <gasps> yes. 
<laughs> Dude. I will drive all there. the way back to the distillery for that one. <laughs> I um I'm I'm really freaking wow. excited about this bourbon. Mm-hmm. I, I and you all know how much we love Wilderness Trail. This is gonna be I I can't wait. I just legitimately cannot wait for it. So, uh, yeah, so Curtis is saying wow in the background. It's not necessarily about the Wilderness Trail. I'm mean, very excited about that as well. Yes, but what he is getting more excited over is uh, this uh, 1792 foolproof pick that we were talking about earlier from Speakeasy, Wisconsin. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's amazing. It's just the dope. nose, I'm getting a lot of citrus, a lot of orange, mm-hmm. and uh, some hibiscus, some more of that floral. Then on the hibiscus, hibiscus. That's interesting. Yep, and specific. Yes, um, and then the palate, dude, it's oily. It is so oily. Oh yeah, that's so good. Oh, I should have had you try the twelve year before this. <laughs> I didn't get enough of my glass, so I was like, I smell nothing. What is he talking about? And then I tried it. And it's all there. Yeah. I'm I'm not kidding. It's the best foolproof. This is I've the ever best had. foolproof I've ever had. And see, I thought mine was good. Now I can't even look at it. <laughs> I mean, this is good. Oh, the oiliness is so kind of. Mm. It's something I you don't experience often. No. Like there's something about that. It's just like kind of thick, but not syrupy. It's chewy. Yeah, it's not syrupy. I mean, you kind of have to, like, get through what's on your tongue (laughs) to kind of swallow it. Uh, But it's... Anyway, back to the releases. Yeah. Uh, E.H. Taylor unannounced special release. I have no idea what this could be. (laughs) That's so cool. I I mean, like... I love that they just said, hey, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. It's been... It's been a while since the straight rye came out. It'd be cool to see a barrel-proof rye come from Taylor under that line. It would be. Um, I don't know. Maybe another. But could could they do a Taylor weeded mash? I don't know. Like, there's it's endless possibilities with this line. Yeah, I mean, they've not stuck to one thing. They seem like they can just do whatever. I mean, this past year, they changed the grain. The year before that, they added an extra grain. I mean, mm-hmm. they can do whatever they want. I think it would be weird to do a weeded, knowing full well they've got a uh, you know Weller lineup that they could put it in. I just hope whatever they do, they put more production behind it, because the Amaranth, it was impossible. I could not find that thing at all. Maybe you can try some here in a little bit. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe I, <laughs> we'll see. Pacing myself. Baby steps. Good call. Um, there's a new Woodford Reserve Masters Collection batch proof coming out in May. Uh, jumping ahead to July. New King of Kentucky. Uh, Yellowstone 2020 coming out. Uh, the limited edition, rather, coming out in August. Uh, of course, the Four Roses uh, limited edition small batch is going to be coming out uh, in September. Al Rye batch four. Dixon has said this is the best Al batch uh, Al Rye. Oh, yet good. So 
getting pumped for that. Old Forester birthday bourbon. Do we know anything about the Old Forester birthday bourbon yet? No. Usually they honestly keep it pretty close to the, you know, they keep it pretty close to them until like right. a month before. And then you find out it's like the highest proof. They lowered the age, whatever, you know. But I, I like the trend that's going on right now. They're getting closer and closer to barrel proof, even mm-hmm. if they're taking the age down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Parker's Heritage 14th edition is coming out in September as well. Loved the uh, the heavy char rye so much. I have um, pretty high expectations for this year's uh, Parker's. Uh, of course, the Antique Collection is coming out in October. Little Book Chapter 4 is coming out uh, that month as well. Not really sure uh, what the uh, the details are on that just yet. All that we're seeing right now is uh, 122.8 proof. 22.6, sorry. Uh, and it just says blended straight whiskey um, on the label. Uh, it doesn't actually say whether or not it's bourbon. I imagine that they would have to kind of lean into the bourbon aspect of it with how great Little Book 3 was. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it, it would be crazy for them to not go for another bourbon release. Not sure. Um, as a, as we stand, that's kind of it for things that are slated to come out this year. Of course, uh, we're expecting the, the benchmark products to come out this year. Perry, you're forgetting some good stuff. What am I forgetting? Elijah Greg Rye for select people. Yes. We've got the Rare Breed Rye for select. Right. There is the, oh. uh, the Wild Turkey... Uh, Bottom and Bond Master's Keep mm-hmm. that's going to be coming out as well. Super excited for that. And what I'm excited about is Jim Beam has been putting out something pretty much every year. This year we got uh, the Legion and I think the yes. Repeal Batch. Yes. So I'm excited to see what this year's is going to be because we've had, what was it? Uh, Center, what was it called? It was the 100 Proof one that they put out. Distiller Select. D- Distiller Select. Yes. Yeah. Then we got the... I'm just wanting to see what the next one's going to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, Swan, to, to clarify there. I was just kind of going by what Breaking Bourbon has done in terms of, like, when things are coming out. Oh, um, okay. Other, otherwise, it's, like, what's expected in 2020. Oh. Right. So there's the benchmark. Um, there's a, a Blender Select that's coming from Bullet that's going to be 100 proof. Um which should be really interesting. They're going to do a single barrel wide release of bullet as well at the 104 proof mm-hmm. that they've been doing with those, uh, those single barrel picks. Honestly, um, not a whole lot more that's kind of jumping off the page, but I mean, that's a th- whole lot to be excited for. Yeah. Though. I mean, there is the rumor that Knob Creek's going to come back with their age statement of nine years, which I'm, I mean, I'm pretty excited for that as well uh weller single barrel which we've talked about before uh there's going to be a three grain woodford reserve no you know what that three grain has already come out that came out last year i think i don't know anyway Hmm. either either way any word on what 1792's got up their sleeve this year i have seen nothing from what's coming from 1792 this year what about new riff also, I haven't seen anything from New Riff. Yeah, I, you know, as we have with the past couple of years, they've had their, um, oh, what is it? Their like New Riff 
members club release like uh last year was the balboa rye what was the year before i'm not sure was I mean, it the it, single barrel rye or just the rye in general the bottom of bond rye and then it became a wide release it might have been yeah i'm that not sounds, really sure on that, that one. sounds right mm. i can't remember for sure but i i think if we're talking about like distilleries to look out for in 2020 definitely new riff definitely 1790s will barton uh wilderness trail I think for sure, especially yeah. with that six-year release. Um, and seeing what these special releases are that are coming from Jim Beam and Buffalo Trace, uh, Buffalo Trace with the E.H. Taylor brand, those are kind of the things that I'm most interested, at least to see what they're going to be doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily excitement based on the opportunity to purchase them, but it's excitement out of you know new players new play well new players and like new opportunities and you know yeah i i think that one thing that kind of got lost with um with the eh taylor amaranth was that that introduced a level of creativity and a level of opportunity that hadn't really been explored before with bourbon right yeah i mean Bourbon only has to be 51% corn at the minimum with a flavoring agent and malted rye or malted barley, excuse me, um, to, you know, conduct the the fermentation process. But, you know, by seeing something like amaranth come out, I mean, what, what could be next with a, with a flavoring agent in that mash bill? I, I really don't know. So, I mean, we could see that potentially with Buffalo Trace, but on the flip side, we could see other distilleries trying to use amaranth as a flavor grain and doing it in their own way. Maybe it's a um, a higher corn recipe mm-hmm. with amaranth or higher malted barley with amaranth or, or something. But I think what's interesting about Buffalo Trace and by doing something like, um, we'll, we'll kind of call it the experimental side yeah. of E.H. Taylor that opens up the gates for other distilleries to do the same thing with their own take on it. So that is something I'm really kind of looking forward to in 2020. Um, I really want to see another craft distillery come out. And I don't think that it's going to happen this year in terms of releases, but I think that something could be started this year that gets people excited about bourbon in the way that Wilderness Trail and New Riff did. Yeah. Right? So this is also supposed to be the year, allegedly, mind you, that Castle and Key is going to come out with their rye whiskey. We can talk ad nauseum about the fact that Marianne Eves isn't there anymore. But that is product that she laid down Yeah, in the Rick houses. That is going to be, if it is supposed to be coming out this year, and, and, and from what I understand, it's going to be coming out in the fall. Mm. I'll be first in line. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> I got to know what it tastes like, man. Yeah. You know. So I think that kind of leads me to asking you guys, are we poised for another craft distillery to come out in front the way that Wilderness Trail and New Rift did? 
Is that Castle and Key? Is that an unnamed player? Do we have to wait a few years before that happens? Or what do you think? I think it'll be a couple of years. I, I'm i honestly excited to see Castle and Key and... Um, who's doing the Bloody Butcher Corn? Hmm. Jep the Creed. Jep the Creed. I want to see both of them. Maybe not next, like this upcoming year, but like 2021. I think they both can be serious players because Jeff the Creed's putting out a two-year bourbon right now that tastes like it's way past mm-hmm. that. And it's like a really rich, like meaty taste to it. And I mean, it just nuts how developed it is for a two-year. Yeah, I think I think if it is going to be somebody, it's going to be Castle and Key. And then if it's not Castle and Key, then I don't think it w- will have one for another year, two years, something like that. I don't I don't believe that there's an unknown player that'll that'll pop up. I don't know. Actually, Woodenville. Mm. You think they might is this might be the year of Woodenville? I mean, we've already got people doing picks with them and stuff. I don't know if it's going to be the year of Woodenville, but um again, this is a Washington distillery. We're mm. getting outside of Kentucky. Um I think that they could potentially become a a more prominent player. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're gaining attention from people like Fred Minnick. Yeah, you know, I mean, Fred named uh, uh, I can't remember which one it was. One of his favorite everyday sippers, I think, of of twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, I think it, it. There is a huge potential for Woodenville to have a have a horse in this race uh, within the next twelve months, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I've loved everything that they've put out that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not had anything bad from them. Um, so, Guess yeah. we'll wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely a waiting game in, in, in this case. Yeah. Um, what, what do you guys want to see from 2020? I have been really enjoying this trend of everyone kind of putting out finished products that are finished in the same things. So have you noticed that like last year we had a bunch of people do the Caribbean rum cast stuff? I I like when all the distilleries kind of put out Similar. a competitive product finished in the same mm-hmm. thing. I want to see, I mean, honestly, this year, I'd love to see people kind of take the uh, Spanish brandy cast they just did with Bell Mead. And, oh, and yeah. do some more Spanish brandy cast finish stuff. Um, I mean, some of the, you know, what is it, the Butcher Town Copper and King stuff? They yeah. just finished some of the, uh, some of stuff in that with Bardstown Bourbon Company. Mm-hmm. I bring it on, man. I love a lot of that stuff they've been putting out. I'd like to see more people speaking of Bell Mead do a, a honey finish. Yeah, too. I'd be, I'd be all over that, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would. Mm. I'd eat that up. I I feel like did Bardstown do something with of that matter with like a honey finish? Mm-mm. Maybe it was something I was. Maybe that's what I heard. But I could be totally wrong on that. <laughs> I swear I heard something about that. They just did one with the prisoner wine, right? Yeah, and that apparently is phenomenal. I'd yeah, love to try that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for, I, 
the one the bourbons that you can get like a repeal batch or that are affordable that are easy to find right but different kind of like newer products that that come out like that and then i i'm a big fan of the craft distilleries kind of deal so if we could get one of those i i would love it but i don't think it's going to happen sure yeah i think it's um it, it kind of goes without saying that the turkey bottled and bond 17 year is high on my list of <laughs> excitement um but yeah i i agree with you that I'm looking forward to more of the ground level stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, maybe it's because it's just staring at me right now, but the wilderness trail six year, we loved the four year. Mm. We thought it was great. Yep. I, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, I think it's going to be phenomenal at six years. It could be, you know, just okay at six years. I don't know. But regardless, I'm I'm excited to try it. Yeah. There, that just kind of goes without saying, mm. I think. But kind of outside of releases, like, you know, I, I know I keep talking about it, but I am, I'm really excited for what this year's live show is going to be. Like, just within the podcast world, this podcast world, Mm -hmm. um, I have something really cool in mind and that I'm planning for, for this year's, uh, this year's live show and, um, to, to kind of clue people in as to what I'm thinking about and what's going to happen is, uh, there's going to be basically two shows in the same day, right? And the first show is going to be, uh, the three of us. And it's just going to be released for the people who were there and then for Patreon. And then I'll do a panel like I did last year and that'll get the wide release. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, we've never recorded in front of an audience this show, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, I, I did the one last year where it was, you know, in front of an audience, but I was the only one of the main co-hosts doing it. Yeah. Right. So I think it would be just so much fun for us to all three sit down for an episode like this and and chat with people. So I um I I think that would be crazy. Yeah, I think that'd be super exciting. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm as excited for the potential the potential moments and the potential memories that will make in 2020 as I am the pours and the releases. Yeah. You know, bourbon's just a conduit <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. to it all. Mm-hmm. So, and 2019 was great. We had a really great year, um, of getting to meet people who were listeners and making new friends and everything. And, um, yeah, I think, I think 2020 is going to be that just, cranked up i'm down for it yeah yeah i'm here for it i'm Crank sure it up. i'm yeah. sure you're looking you're looking forward to whiskey weekend and oh i'm so excited about whiskey weekend i'm excited about southern whiskey society in august too and bourbon on uh, the banks oh man bourbon on the banks this year is going to be again we're talking about turned up mm-hmm. it's going to be cranked up to 11 mm-hmm. i think that this year's bourbon on the banks is going to 
I'm here for it. That's all oh, I'm yeah. say. So, yeah, that, that's about it for what I'm expecting for 2020. Do you guys want to review something? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, this just came out um, this, this past week. Uh, Buffalo Trace released um, their most recent expression of Stag Jr. And it's getting really good reviews as far as I've been able to tell. It's 128.4 proof. Uh, this is the 13th release uh, in their in their Stag Jr. line. Uh, and apparently it's at least eight years old. Which I didn't realize Stag Jr. had uh, anything in terms of a, uh, you know, in terms of an age statement in this case. So. Yeah. And I don't know what the age is on, what's the, is there like an estimated age range for the stag, George C. Stag? Uh, I think normally it's around like 10 years. So this is not far off. No, no. It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> it Which is. You, you kind of expect. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the nose, though, is interesting. It's it's high proof, but I'm getting a lot of lighter notes. I am, too. I'm getting like a... And it's dark, like a, but I'm getting a lot of lighter notes. Yeah, like even like a white bread note. Okay. Yeah. Like white bread, like it's like a peanut butter sandwich. Gonna be honest, my left nostril's doing a lot of work. It's the only one working right now. <laughs> I'm stopped up, but I'm still I'm still pulling out those old factories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like a lemon zest, and there's a savory note, kind of meaty, steaky bit I'm in there too. Fully expecting this to explode on the palate, though. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, there's that like brown sugar note too on the nose. Whoa. Oh man. Yep. Holy moly. I'm gonna say something bold. I think I like the palette on this better than the stag George C stag from last year. I one hundred percent agree with you. Peanut butter jelly. Mm-hmm. There's a macadamia nut in there too. I like the reference to Hawaii. Macadamia nut for sure. You are noticeably tanner. I've, I meant to. I meant to note. <laughs> I don't note tan. Anything. I burn. But thank you. Well, it looks like it settled in pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of something just wild. I had like, so I used to work at a daycare center as a lunch lady. Best job I ever had. Um, but there was like a make your own sandwich day where you'd put like peanut butter and then just just crap loads of random stuff on it. <laughs> this is just like that. You'd put like a bunch of sprinkles and good. stuff on it. Macadamia nuts. Yeah. This is okay. I know this is gonna sound very, very odd. I guess not odd, but it's just recency bias is what I've had. So you said macadamia nut, and it's triggered now. So I got, I bought a bag of Mauna Loa 
which is a company in Hawaii that they have different kinds of macadamia nuts. But I bought specifically dark chocolate sea salted caramel macadamia nuts. And this is it. It's totally there. Yeah. It is 100% there. I, I it, Which is so weird because you said that and it's exactly like this. I like my monster sandwich better, but yes, it's good. <laughs> this is bold. It's chewy. It's mm-hmm. oily. Not overwhelming or no. overpowering. And a lot of Stag Juniors are. Yeah. Stag Junior is usually the unrefined little brother of George D. Stag. This, for whatever reason, is so much more balanced than the 2019 stack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, this far and away, I, this is just phenomenal. Yeah. Really. This I, is really good. I imagine this being really good and, and maybe, again, recency bias. I'd love this at like Christmas time. Like sitting around on Christmas Eve, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Stag Junior will knock you on your butt. <laughs> yes, I mean it, it's but got it's sneaky. got the it's got the stag yeah antler horn things, bourbon works. Um, it's sneaky. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, it does kind of creep up on you. A it's little not bit. well. It's not overpowering, which is what I'm so used to with Stag mm-hmm. Junior for 128 proof. Doesn't really drink like it. No. No. I just think it's wild. Buffalo Trace started this year out Ooh. strong. They're putting a B Tech out in January. Oof. I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's... I mean, it's got that hug, dude. I, it, it's such it's such an overall true. pleasing experience. And I'm yeah. fairly certain I know where I can get a bottle of this. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have already said that on the show but uh, yeah don't buy it (laughs) you buy it i mean other people don't go oh yeah don't steal it out from they don't know where it's at though true i think the only thing that's missing from this for me is i always get one of the the same notes on stag jr and it's usually like a really like plum raisin kind of note that i pick up on it and i don't get that on this i can kind of see the raisin um but it's so, it's funny. It's so off profile for a Stag Junior. It is, but in a good way. Yeah, I would I would almost place this in more of a, like a Booker's. See, to me, it reminds honestly. me of a kind of a darker E.H. Taylor barrel proof. Oh, absolutely. Because this reminds me quite a bit of the barrel proof they put out last year. Yeah. Which I like I, this better. I do too, yeah, but it's just... This this is more in E.H. Taylor barrel-proof territory yeah. for me than it is Stag Jr. Which, granted, I mean, they change every year. So saying it's in that area is a real, mm-hmm. you know, it's a gray area for sure because it's, it's, it's all different every year. I just had some the other night, and it's like a 133-proof one in my house. Mm-hmm. It's the first sip I took of it, I was like almost coughing. I mean, it, it kicks you. Yeah. It hurts. Do you guys want to add any water to it? See if it changes at all? Sure. I don't. To be honest. <laughs> I'm going to do just like a couple of drops. See if I can. Okay. Yep. That, that was basically a couple drops. <laughs> I just want to see how it 
This that is the best stag junior I've had. I I have to agree. With the water, it's a wow. Oh, it brings out the peanut note. Smell oh yeah, that. smell that, Kurt. Oh yeah. Mm. To me, it tastes like aged stated old charter now. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. I totally see that on the nose. I may have put a little more than a couple drops of water, to be honest. I tried, but I messed up. It reminds me of the old Charter 101. Yeah, yeah. This is good. You can really see where their profile is with this mm-hmm. one. I mean, it just bounces across all the releases that use this the same mash bill. I don't normally think about putting an ice cube in a bourbon, mm-hmm. but I feel like... Maybe not a cube, maybe like a, a ice ball or something, or an ice mold, something bigger than just a cube. I think it could probably benefit from kind of sitting with it for a little while, kind of perspiring and um, taking on a little bit of the flavors of the water. Maybe not benefit, but it could really change the experience, I would say. This is a huge win. For oh, me. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I. I haven't done all the math in my head just yet, but I'm seeing this getting like it's an high for eighteen me. out of twenty. <laughs> oh, we're on. scoring this. Hold yeah, on, yeah, we gotta score it too. Yeah, yeah. For people who don't know, uh, we have a rating system of nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and then we tally it up for a total score out of twenty. I'll go first. I I give the nose. I'm gonna give the nose a. Th- I'm going to give it a four. It's just, it's so delightful and inviting. And I was originally going to go 3.5, but then I started thinking like, it's got layers and depth and just makes you want to dive right into it. I mean, like there's nothing I can give it less than a four. Um, But (laughs) Curtis is making a face. (laughs) What do you think, bud? I'm just thinking, uh yeah, I went with a four on the on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I think the the nose might be the weakest part here, mm-hmm. which bodes really well for the rest of the score. Yeah, <laughs> I gave the nose a three point five. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was teetering between the two. Well, so the nose is where I get that weird like dark plummy raisin. And that is one of my like signifiers for Stag Junior for me. And this doesn't yeah. have it. Is it a bad nose? Absolutely not, because it's getting a three point five. Uh, but it's just not. It's not. It's off profile for me. For with that. That being said, my palate, I gave it a four point five. Mm, yeah, it is strong. Yeah, I, it is I gave very it a 4. good. Four point five as well. Four point five. Yeah. Uh, I and I honestly don't even know if I can quantify or qualify what it is that is missing. That could bump it up to a five. Yeah. You know, it, it just, um, I, I imagine that there's something else. I think I would like to have a dark berry note. I oh, I could see that. I don't think, I don't, I don't think that the, yeah. the palette has that. I could get on board with that. Yeah. So maybe but, that. Sure. Uh, yeah. But the palette's so strong. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, I gave it a 4.5. Yeah, for sure. 4.5. Um, I gave the finish a 4. Same here. 4. It just 
makes you want to go back for it. You're just excited it's just about enough. it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I teetered. I, I, I was very close to going to three and a half. Yeah. Uh, just because I, for me, I wanted the finish to be a little hotter, a little, sure. a little more of a hug, a lot of going down and I wanted it to stay a little longer, but, uh, I, it was really good. I gave it, I'm going to go three and a half. I gave it a five. Oh my God. You have to finish a five. I, this is my favorite part. Wow. Let's finish. No, I'm sticking with a four. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with a four as well. Five. Five. Explain. I think this, to me, like, to this day, I think the best finish I've had is on the Booker's 2018-04 kitchen table. Oh, yeah. Okay. This, to me, rivals that. I know where you can find a bottle of that. Oh, yeah. Where's that at? Because I might actually buy that. All right, cool. <laughs> Tell me off air. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me off air. Yeah. No, I, I I'll totally understand why you would rank that so high. Um, because it is, it does make you want to go back for another sip. Yes. So, I, I, you know what? I'm going to bump mine up to a 4.5. So, the 1792 is, uh, that, that pick you just gave us is another one where I think it is probably in that five territory because it's just that oiliness that sticks around is great. The thing with that one, it, I would knock it down to probably a 4.5 because it's almost too oily. It sticks around almost too long, you know? Uh, but this, perfect. Ends exactly mm. when I want it to, right when I'm ready for another sip. I think it's great. All right. Dang it, man. It's good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely bumping it up to a 4.5. I don't know if it's in five territory for me, but it's, it's killer. Mm-hmm. I will tell you what is a five for me, though. The price. That's the price. Yep, same the here. The price is 100% a five out of five. Yeah. It's... And, and I know that it's not always easy to find. I understand that there is an allocation behind it. But if you are talking about the other barrel-proof bourbons that are on the market, I think this takes the cake. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really do. It's, it's consistently good. Maybe not great, but it's consistently going to please. It has an incredible palate. The mouthfeel is exceptional chat um (laughs) and i you know some some people and i have heard this plenty of times call it too hot this isn't too hot this is not this is so close to a perfect barrel proof bourbon yeah it's it's so close it's so good and this is such a great way for us to start out this year (laughs) i hope 2020 is just like this. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I give the price of five. Yeah. Swan gave the price of five. Yeah. So, I mean, that puts me at 18 for this. I'm at 17 and a half. Uh, I am also at 18.5. Wow. 18.5. Nice. Wait, didn't you say 18.5 or did you say 18? 18? Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm the highest out of the, out of the three of us at 18.5. Yeah. I mean, we were all within a... exactly yeah i average it out 18 (laughs) of of these stag juniors that i've had and i've had i think four or five out of the 13 batches this is the best one Mm -hmm. far and away the best one i think this one and then there was another one that was 126.4 which is a little lower for stag junior yeah it was also really good 
And I would suggest that we compare to some other Stag Juniors as well. But Stag Junior, again, will knock you on your butt. (laughs) Yeah. We'll do a flight of all the batches. We'll make it to about four, and then we'll (laughs) need some help. Remember that time I did a whole bunch of single barrel selections with Chad for Liquor Barn, and I had the hiccups afterwards? Yeah. I'd be dead. (laughs) It'd be that, but I'd be dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right, so a resounding yes, buy this batch of, of Stag Junior. Absolutely. For sure. So uh, I have a question for you guys because we do have two more segments to get through before we wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Would you rather do mailbag first or barrel rings? Because the the I I would think we would do barrel rings first because mailbag is going to be kind of quick fire. Okay, there's gonna I've got a, quite a few questions from our uh, our Facebook group. Can before we do barrel rings? Yes. I- I want some of the 12 year 17. Yes, absolutely. I want to take a sip of that. Enjoy that, my friend. What? What are you taking your headphones off for? I was just giving them a break. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have to do that too. My ears are. I thought you were leaving. No, no. Not happy with me. We have had a long episode. No, we have. What are we at now? Like almost two hours? Oh, I don't know. No, it's like 137. So we're approaching to yeah, the longest episode we've ever done was the um, the one hundredth episode yeah, so ooh, you like? I like the nose yeah. Oh man, I just had my last sip of that Stag Junior. Oh buddy, that's a great cork pop, by the way. I love their corks. I do too. So, uh, we definitely want to go barrel rings first? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so this week's barrel rings comes from friend and listener of the show, Brian Brennicky. So let's see what Brian has to say. Hey, Perry, it's Brian Brennicky. Got a question for you and Swan or Curtis or whoever your guest might be this week, but I'm wondering if you have any bottles that you currently have that you're unwilling to open and that you're holding more for sentimental value. Um, I personally just have one that uh, was the initial release of Eleanor from Crowded Barrel when we went down there for the grand opening and signed by Daniel and Rex. And honestly, the bottle, the bottle unopened sign kind of means more to me. And it's not about, uh, not about wanting to buy it or the value or anything like that. It's more about the memories and um, and having it signed. I kind of treasure that pop. But just curious if you have anything that's uh, similar. Thanks a bunch and uh, happy bourboning. <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, I already know yours. I know yours already. Okay. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I don't know Curtis's. Really? All right. Oh no, I do know yours. No, no, think about it. I'll be interested. Okay. It's um your your turkey bottle that was signed by Jimmy, right? Or was it Russell's? I'll let it. I'll be I'll let it be a surprise. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. I've got one. Go for it. I the first bourbon that I actually um Harry said that with so much disdain a little bit. <laughs> he was like, Oh. Fine. <laughs> I didn't mean it that I way. Know. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> fine, Kurt. All right, we'll move on. Jeez. No, I've got a bottle of uh, I've got a 1.75 of the Elijah Craig non-age stated 
um, in the older style bottle, yeah. and that was one of the first things that I drank. So I oh, mix it with cool. Coke, and it's completely unopened, and I've got a huge thing, and every six months there's a reminder on my phone to flip the bottle upside down a few times. <laughs> to keep that cork wet. Keep the cork wet, yeah. So, um, no, I... I've got that, and uh, I've actually got a second bottle, which is just a 112.8 um, uh, bottle of Rare Breed. Rare Breed. Yeah. Because yeah. that was one of my intros to mm-hmm. Barrel Proof. So just Man. two sentimental bottles that, you know, I could probably still go to a bar and have if I wanted. I might have to pay a little extra, but I don't know. I just want to keep them around. Mm. Real quick before we move on. What do you think of the 12 year? The 12 year is good. I think it's one of the better releases they've put out recently. Yeah. I still am a huge fan of the foolproof. I think, I think foolproof is easily their best product. Certain single barrels and the high rye. I think those still kind of, I prefer those over these. It, I know it's not widely available. I wish it were, but the two twenty fifth would have been like my daily drinker. (laughs) <laughs> if that flavor profile were bottled under another label. I still have two more of those unopened. Do you really? Yep. I opened mine wow. recently. Yeah, I refilled yours. You did, yeah, I because did. I finished it on a stream. Mm-hmm. And you were like, if we get this many viewers or whatever, yeah, Perry gets one. And I did. And I opened it. And mm-hmm. it's good. And it's good. And it's good. <laughs> Kurt? Yeah, so one of my unopened bottles... Well, I guess it's two, but they're the same bottle. So, uh, it was a small little three fifty milliliter of Wild Turkey Rare Breed, and it's signed by Jimmy Russell. Okay, all right. I wasn't that far off, I guess. No, no, <laughs> you guys were. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Russell's, but it was Wild Turkey yeah. Rare Breed, and uh, it was the uh, older proof as well. Yeah. Um. So it's not the newest. It, I believe the the newest one is one one sixteen one sixteen and the old one's one twelve twelve yeah. yeah so it's the one twelve and so it's signed by Jimmy Russell uh, so that's sentimental a little sentimental value in general but yeah. to give the backstory of of what happened it was uh, I believe it was, it was Mother's Day yeah, and right. we were taking my mom for Mother's Day to a wild turkey uh, tour, distillery tour. And it was on Sunday, and we went through, had a great time, uh, didn't didn't have any expectations, had a good tour, it was amazing, loved wild turkey distillery. Like, coming into wild turkey, looking up onto the little hill that they're on from that bridge is so cool. And uh, then after our tour, after our tasting, Jimmy Russell was just sitting there. And his wife was over there, and uh, and we were talking to to uh, somebody from the distillery, and they said, "Oh yeah, Jimmy, he he comes after church every single Sunday, almost as long as he can make it, and uh, or doesn't have anything that he has to do." Yeah. And uh, so we got to talk to him, talk to his wife, um, sign the bottle. So it was just a a whole family kind of you know moment. Yeah. So. That was, that's really cool. I will never open those bottles. Really? I don't think I will. Ever? Maybe a long, long time from now. Sure. But not within probably five to ten years. Yeah. I'd say I might 
in 20. So I, if, if we're staying in the, um, in the Turkey category, I have a one one that is signed by Jimmy and, um, you know, Jimmy's older. He's up in years. And, uh, my dad and I have an understanding that when, when Jimmy passes and I'm not trying to, you know, bring the mood down or anything, uh, that bottle's going to get cracked and it will be in memoriam of one of the greatest master distillers mm-hmm. of all time. And, uh, I've got a, a Russell's it, it, both of these are sitting behind me, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, I've also got a Russell's small batch or whatever you call it. Um, that's their 10 year 90 proof that was signed by both Jimmy and Eddie. And, uh, maybe I'll hold on to that one a little bit longer than, uh, when Jimmy passes, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean that Turkey one one is, um, you know, it's, it, it is Jimmy's thumbprint on wild Turkey. And, uh, it, it only makes sense to hold on to that uh, until that time comes. Um, I, like I said earlier, this Knob Creek small batch from 93, I'm saving for my birthday this year. And, um, jeez, I don't know why this always happens to me. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. The, the only other one that I can think of, and like I I want to preface this with uh, I don't not open a lot of bottles. If I have a bottle, it's gonna be open yeah. unless it's for a special occasion. And in this case, um, it's this uh, it's up there somewhere. Um, the Blanton's Stray from the Barrel, uh, which was dumped on my anniversary uh, with Lucy. So I. I'm saving that for basically a yearly pour uh, for our anniversary because, I mean, it's got sentimental value Mm -hmm. to it. But, yeah, that's it. Brian, thank you for calling in for uh, this this week's Barrel Rings. What what should we ask people to call in for for next week's episode? Mm. Let's give them a, a, a topic or a question or something. Because that seems to be why people want to call in more. Well, okay, so we've we are familiar with Kentucky's um, smaller distillers, the craft distillers. Yeah. What distillers in your area do you think are going to blow up in twenty twenty? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, what I'm, we've got, you know, people in Seattle that think that the yeah. Woodenville stuff's going to blow up, and deservedly so. But maybe yeah. somebody in a different state. I want to hear from you guys. Because we've we've heard a lot from Kentucky and surrounding, but Colorado's got Breckenridge. And yeah, I've tried some of their true. stuff, and it's good. True. Mm-hmm. So the way to reach the show for the Barrel Ring segment is to call in at 859-428-8253. And all you have to do is just leave us a voicemail, and we will listen to it live on air and then respond to it, as we just did. Uh, again, that is 859-428-8253. Uh, and uh, you can leave us a voicemail. We'll be happy to listen to and chat with you uh, on uh, on next week's episode. Quick, uh, rapid mailbag for this episode. Swan looks concerned. I don't know what a mailbag is. 
Well, it's just questions from listeners. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I put up, <laughs> put up a question, uh, or basically a, a call for questions on uh, our, our Facebook group, This Is My Bourbon Group, uh, which you can join just by going to Facebook.com and searching for This Is My Bourbon Group. And uh, I just said, are there any questions or comments that you have for us uh, for this week? The first one comes from Bill Robark. Uh, what brand or expression of a bourbon have you never seen a store pick of that you would love to see? That is a great question. Let me think about it for a second. <laughs> I want to see Russell's Reserve Single Barrel Rye picks. Those have happened before. But I've not seen them. Right. I want more. Well, they, they came a long time ago. Yeah. But I would love to see, and it's just kind of in general, like a bottle and bond store pick. Other than uh, Wilderness Trail. Because I think the Wilderness Trail ones... Oh, wait, no, they just do the barrel-proof ones, don't they? They they do the barrel-proof. They also do, I think, some 100-proof picks. Okay. So, I I really want to see a Bottle and Bond store pick from somebody. And I think that E.H. Taylor might be coming out with a... That's rumored, yeah. Because they did some funky stuff with their most recent TTB update on that, didn't they? Yeah, right, right. Kurt? I think I'd like to see a finished product, either like a rum barrel or um, or within wine. Well, I, this is and this is further down the road. I don't think it's right now, but I would love to see it from Wilderness Trail to see a finished product from Wilderness Trail. <laughs> Sorry, I made a weird noise into the microphone that it's definitely been cut out, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but everybody I just responded to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one I think we can all agree on. Uh, Rebel Yell 10-year picks. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I would I'd take mine back those. and want that. Or even Rebel Yell 100 picks. Yeah. That'd yeah, be great, exactly. too. Exactly. I think that's more likely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, uh, this comes from Mike Steven. Uh, what would you all consider the most overrated allocated bourbon or most overly priced bourbon on secondary? Pappy? Pappy. <laughs> Pappy. Pappy. <B-tac. laughs> See, I don't think that, that BTAC is overhyped. I think that BTAC deserves the hype as long as the bottles yeah, are are great. You know, and there's been really good, good. antique collection bourbons uh, and whiskeys for that matter uh, over the past few years. But I think that they deserve the hype. I think that the Van Winkle collection, uh, not necessarily. You mean the Pappy Sweet? The Pappy Sweet, yes. Oh Sorry. God. <laughs> That's a callback to the uh, pregame chats, which uh, you need to go listen to on patreon.com slash podcast. Um, let's see. The next one is from Eric Smith. He says, you're in line for a big release and the last bottle goes to the person in front of you. Would you rather that person be a well-known flipper or the guy who asks you, what's this for? I just saw a line and got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. But I, I, I would definitely, rather, what's this for, for me? I would totally rather it be the guy who goes, what's this for? I think I would laugh at that. The flipper, I would be mad. So I would rather laugh. So definitely get I, in line. I totally yeah. agree. For a guy to go... Oh, I just showed up today to pick up my Svedka. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that leads into an opportunity of, oh, well, you know. That was the best bourbon and Coke it. I ever had. Yeah, get, getting into <laughs> bourbon or something like that. Yeah. Um, or maybe you get into conversation eventually, like, he beca- like 
he's like, oh, well, you know, if you know so much about bourbon, like, how about we do a pour of it or something like that, you know? <laughs> Trying to swindle a pour off this guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, this one comes from Dustin. He says, what's your favorite food and bourbon pairing? Example, steak and wild turkey, Kentucky spirit. This is actually my tips and bits, so I'm going to oh, hold on this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I am going to take a page out of Peggy No Stevens' book and uh, Elijah Craig and pizza. Oh, it's okay. phenomenal. And I'm like, I'm just straight up like pepperoni pizza, which I honestly might order after we're done <laughs> here from, from Papa John's. Yeah. Because <laughs> that sounds really good. Kurt? Does. I am a... That's tough. I'm a big fan of anything chocolate, like a chocolate ice cream or mm. a chocolate cake or just chocolate in general with... I would, I would think like a, a chocolate delicacy with a like a like a nutty bourbon i just i really like yeah with a nutty bourbon i really like uh just pairing bourbon with a dessert like a dark chocolate dessert Mm -hmm. but i can't specify which one sometimes i just like eating just reese's and just reese's on reese's and then having like elijah craig with it yeah it's good you can't go wrong with it. I lean towards like some barrel proof stuff mm. with that kind of thing because they're usually darker flavors, but I don't have a specific one. Yeah. Uh, this next one comes from Joseph Brazo. He says, oh, Curtis, no. what's your wedding pour? There's there's three parts to this question. So wow. first off, Curtis. My wedding pour. I haven't thought about it. Can I provide it for you? We could provide it. I actually, yes. Yeah, so Swan, Swan and I will provide your wedding pour. Yes, my wedding pour, you guys decide. It's I Wild Turkey like 101, and you're going to love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, please don't. <laughs> That's funny. No, I haven't thought about it. We're, oh, we I just having, had the dumbest idea of all time. I wish time. we were having, like, you know, some. I wish we had, like, a bourbon kind of bar type thing sure but uh we're doing beer wine what about like celebratory because you can have you know a pour of bourbon before the wedding yeah no exactly i would honestly love a 1792 foolproof like pick or something like that okay um i think that would because 1792 is what got me into bourbon yeah foolproof is my favorite part of their line yeah so that I think now thinking about it, I think that might be a move. Swan and I are on it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I would love to be surprised. I'm fine with anything. Okay, not anything. I take that back. But, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate what you Benchmark. do with finding a dump date of uh, yeah. your anniversary. That's super, super cool. Yeah. Um, so that'll be like future. Okay. We'll figure it out. Swan and I can work together on this one. Yeah. Because I think that's super special on like just one pour. Every oh, yeah. yeah. But Absolutely. no matter what it is, I'm putting it in a one-on-one bottle. <laughs> okay. It'll be two ounces we and a full. we got to find like plastic wrap that we can just, you know, get a, a hair dryer to and yeah. like wrap it around so it looks like a one-on-one. It, it's going to be a 1792 bottle, but it's going to have 
I'm going to take a Wild Turkey 101 label and slap it on the front. <laughs> I love that even more. <laughs> uh, Swan, Joseph's question to you is, is it time to take down the White Swan page before <laughs> Facebook starts snooping around? You know, maybe. I don't know. Facebook is uh, aggressive with some of that. I've noticed the big things are don't put prices and bourbon in the same mm-hmm. post. As long as you don't put... Elijah Craig barrel proof and then a figure right after with any sort of money symbol. Generally you're okay. Oh yeah. Uh, But you know, be careful. I also think if you say like collectors, that's a good, Mm -hmm. good thing to say as well. Yeah. I'm in a, in a, like a maker's mark thing and they always say collectors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, The last one is to me, Perry, what distillery or brand have you given up on, uh, in parentheses, for whatever reason? So. Yeah, that's a distillery that uh, I have totally given up on. Um, it's going to be the longest bleep of all time. <laughs> Can you keep any of that? Nope. People nope. are going to think their nope. phone just killed itself because nope. it's just going to be a keep. constant nope. line. I apologize, but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not keeping it. I mean, I guess you can shorten it. They don't need to know it take like 30 minutes to explain all that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were thinking you were going to get out of here before 10 o'clock. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, two more questions. This one comes from Tyler. He says, I've got a very important question. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes, no. I love Hawaiian pizza. No. I love it. Do they even eat that in Hawaii? <laughs> you were just there. Did you ask them? This is a crucial question. I didn't ask them, but something tells me no. no. To be fair, I don't like pineapple, so I don't like it on pizza or oh, by okay. itself. So yeah. I can I can't really get behind it. Yeah. I like pineapple. I, I love Hawaiian pizza. It's one of my favorites. Why don't you just order that after the podcast instead of your pepperoni? I'm not going to. Oh. I'm going to get a meat lovers. <sighs> Even better. Okay. <laughs> I can't be too mad at you. And the last question comes from Steven Sussman. He says, go to food after having a couple of berry pours. <laughs> Doritos. I- <laughs> Oh, I was going to go Arby's. Okay. I'm a big Doritos guy. And the Arby's came about because we were yes. we were recording so much over at your your last place before you moved. Um, and you had an Arby's right by you. Yeah. And the double beef and cheddar yep. with a fry. Mm-hmm. See, and that Arby's is good. Here's another one. This is going to go way, way back. Okay. Way back for you. Wendy's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because of that one time we walked from my apartment over to Wendy's. Yes. While I was still living in Richmond. Yeah. That was Yes. We were just drunk. We and when we said like, there's there's not even any beating around the bush. No, on we that were one. drunk. We had and we had walked. way too much to drink. And it was like, you know what sounds good? Let's just walk over to Wendy's, Wendy's. right now. Went and got our food, came back. I just moved to Lexington, so this whole concept of walking to a restaurant is new. <laughs> It's phenomenal because there's a Qdoba across from my house. So I go over and I'm like, you know what? 
Can I get as much queso as possible? <laughs> Just pile it up. You got a burger fry over there too. I do. I love burger fry. It's good. It is good. However, uh, I can stumble my way through an order at Qdoba and leave and they don't seem to care. Yeah. The one time I did it at burger fry, they're like, are you good? <laughs> <laughs> I am fine. Yeah. But when I poke the glass and I'm like, more, more, they understand at Qdoba. So I usually go there and uh, walk out. Uh, this has been a very weird uh, mailbag <laughs> for this episode, but we did have Stag Jr. So um, we haven't even done tips and bits yet. So we should do tips and bits now. Tips and bits. What you got? Go to Hawaii? <laughs> and never i'm not back. gonna lie some of that footage you had was amazing it was yeah, it was, it was yeah. really cool i i've been like poking fun at it but honestly i'm just jealous oh like, it's super cool i would recommend i mean tips and bits for sure go to hawaii, go to hawaii. but that's same sounds lame because <laughs> of course my other one would say read the irishman not watch it read it because it was hmm. a book before the movie. I did on Netflix. not know that. So the original book, the, the book is based, well, the movie is based off the, bo- uh, the book. And the book is actually called um, Do You Paint Houses? Or something <laughs> of that matter. Which you wouldn't understand the reference until you read the book. But read The Irishman. Okay. It's not bad. I might have to do that. Mine is actually a pairing that I, I found the other day that seems it seemed kind of odd when I first did it, but I really enjoyed it. Sushi and bourbon. Yes. Yeah. 100% agree with it. So that. good. Do so I have something for you. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to the Buddha Lounge? I going to say Hawaii. <laughs> no, Buddha Lounge, I, I've still not been there. I've not been there. No. Guys. All right. What are you guys doing this week? Uh, I think we're going to the Buddha Lounge. I'm working and working and working. But, but the week after, lounge? probably not. My schedule's okay, week bad. After. I'll show you in a minute. Week after. All right, fine. Yes. How about how about this? How about um we we do an episode here for the week for next week, and then the week after it's on location at Boodle Lounge because you've only really got another week of book rush. No, I just have one more week and I'm good. Yeah. All right. Boodle yeah. Lounge for sure. Yeah, no, it's and, and because uh, the owner of Buddha Lounge has a really good bourbon collection too. It's amazing. It is. I'll have him. A phenomenal. If he's there. Pairing. He hasn't been there the last few times, but anyway, that's another time. Yeah, it's a phenomenal pairing, and one of my favorite places to do it at is it's like a non-traditional like sushi. But have you ever gone to Malone's and looked at their sushi? Yeah, that they no, have? dude. Their crab rangoon is amazing. I just had that one. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love crab rangoon sushi is my favorite. Crab rangoon sushi with a Knob Creek pick. Oh. It was good. It was oh, really good. Sorry. Yeah, I just kept trying different like cuisine and bourbon. And honestly, some of them are not great because a lot of them get spicy. And spicy food with bourbon is a very like dangerous territory, but just kind of that mild sushi flavor with sushi or like with the bourbon is amazing i want to try the nika straight from the barrel or nika from the barrel with sushi i think that would be interesting yeah because i like the peatiness of that and i think it would just bring a whole new element to that Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'd love to try that, actually. Yeah. Because or that peated bourbon that they have uh, from, uh, what was Kings it? Kings County? Kings County. Yeah. With some sure. sushi? Whew. I think that would be good. Do you guys want a yeah. road trip up to New York to do a Kings County episode? We might have to. I'm serious. At Bourbon uh, on the Banks, uh, they were my favorite that came there. Fantastic. And they were so they were so nonchalant about at, their product. You weren't at Bourbon on the Banks. So it's not. Yeah. Are, right. Yeah. But it was good. Sushi Anyways, and bourbon. Yeah, sushi and bourbon. What's your tips and bits, Perry? Uh so I have a couple. Um the very first posthumous album for Mac Miller came out this past week it's called circles and it's ridiculous (laughs) it's so so good i like i had been kind of putting it off for a little bit i mean like you know it's only been three days since it came out (laughs) yeah i was like you didn't put that no but i was like you know because i loved swimming yeah i loved that album and i was like is anything gonna live up to it i've heard it's like Really good, but very hard to listen to. It's hard to listen to under the circumstances. Yeah. But if you listen to it from the stance of a fan, in terms of like appreciating his music, it's a huge, fantastic experience. Mm. And, um, you know, it, substance abuse is not easy to talk about and unfortunately when it takes lives it becomes even more difficult but it's uh it's really really good really and truly i i enjoy that album so much um i'll be a nerd for a second too uh and i'll be such a nerd that people will definitely roll their eyes when i talk about this but um so the CW has a whole universe of DC Comics characters mm-hmm. that they do shows around, and they just wrapped up their major crossover called Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was based on an old uh, DC Comics crossover event itself, which was within the comic books. And like there are bits of it where you just kind of roll your eyes and you're like, Bleh. but if you're a fan of that era of comic books or just really of DC in general, it's so good. <laughs> and it was a really, really satisfying ending. And I, I don't, I don't even like, I can't express to people who don't understand it, what it was like. But if you stuck with some of these characters for a while, it's rewarding and it makes sense. So, uh, go watch that. It's five episodes if you've kept up with it. Anyway, I'll stop being a big old nerd. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I watched Arrow uh, for a good while. Yeah, yeah. I really Same liked Arrow. I did. It was After very the hard. To... Season it got really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'll agree with it you. It was it was extremely hard to binge watch. I've never had that with a show where I liked yeah. it and I loved like watching it, but it just hard to binge watch. I don't disagree. Anyway, that was Tips and Bits. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. I feel like we uh, touched on a lot of different topics and had a lot of conversation about what's coming up in uh, in 2020. And um, yeah, I'm excited for this year. I think it's going to be great. Where can people find you on social media, guys? 
On Instagram, you can find me at KurtCon, and on Twitter, Kurt underscore Con 15. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at MyBourbonFinder. And if you want to follow me, I am at PRaider1492 on all social media platforms. If you want to follow the show, it is at MyBourbonPod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rate and review on the iTunes app, which really does help us out. It gets more people uh, listening to the show, seeing that it is uh, available in their app. Uh, I know that it's not always the best podcast app, but... Uh, if that is something that you do on the regular, please do leave us a rating and review. And if you can't do that, let your friends and family, I guess, know about the show. Uh, because that's a great way for people to find out about this podcast. Uh, let's see what else. Bourbonshop.threadless.com is where you can find all of our apparel and merchandise. You can become a part of our Facebook group, which is called This Is My Bourbon Group. Um, all you have to do is just head to Facebook.com and search for it. Uh, that's where all of our mailbag questions came from this week. Uh, there's been a lot of activity on it over the past few days, too, which has been a lot of fun seeing uh, seeing folks interact with each other, which I, I really enjoy. I, you can send questions or comments to this is my bourbon shop at threadless.com if you would like to uh, send in other questions for uh, the mailbag if you want to call in of course it is 859-428-8253 you can leave us a voicemail i uh, send questions comments um what was our question for this week oh what craft distilleries in what? your area do you think are going to blow up in 2020 right right so uh, we would love to hear from you for next week's episode and then last but not least you can become a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month you can help the show go on every single week uh, at five dollars a month you get exclusive content like bonus episodes at ten dollars uh, you get to be a part of our hangouts we had our very first hangout uh this past friday which i know that i have been uh, talking about and promising uh for a long time but it's been hard to make it all happen but those are going to happen uh every month uh unless something off the wall happens of course uh, but we really do appreciate everybody who helps this show continue uh, along the way you know this is it I don't know I'm going to cut that out never mind thank okay. you all so much for listening to this week's episode I will see you next week but until then I'm Perry I'm Curtis and I'm Swan and this is my bourbon podcast